0: I will say, I'm looking at our awards, and I'm very upset about the fact that I have approximately two winners. Everything else you guys got, <laughs> everyone else picked winners. I only have two, and they were the most
1: basic choice. You mean they were the ones that you got to first?
0: Yeah, exactly. We were all mad lads scrambling for Roman Reigns, and I was just happened to be the one who put my hand on the ball first.
1: Now, I think you actually got the most last year, so you're good. You were okay. do this. <laughs>
0: okay. Welcome to Fight Boys, a show about professional and not so professional wrestling. I am your MC for this evening of awards and celebration, Scotty Moore.
1: <clears throat> I am your John Moxley of this celebration, drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Blake Tanner.
2: <laughs> I'm the Todd Pedengrew of this of uh, this award ceremony, the Dylan.
0: So, it's our second annual Golden Boys Awards, which I forgot we called it. We've been calling them the Fight Awards, but apparently we called them the Golden Boys last year. But, uh, I think yeah, the
2: Fight uh, Awards are already actually a thing, so it's a good thing we... <laughs> <laughs> okay!
0: <laughs> um, now, I do also have all of our last year, so we can actually catch up and see, did these age well, a la our wrestler of the year for last year but before we do that i want to get into a first year cat first time ever category which is the first years who had the best first year in a wrestling company uh this year and it can be a rookie or it can be somebody who debuted a lot in nxt or aew just who had the best first year and uh blake would you like to begin with our third place nominee
1: Indeed. Um, the, uh, this nominee is FTR, um, for joining AEW this year and leaving, leaving the yoke of the bourgeoisie WWE, making their own way and fucking that right. That's not their thing. Uh FDR, though, uh, I think that them leaving WWE and eventually joining AEW was the absolute right move for them. And since they joined, um they've been on such a high position in the roster and they've gotten so much good shit that you know that I mean, you obviously just from the very start got to see how underutilized they were
0: yeah i mean like they they've done phenomenal this year i mean like a few of their matches are a little formulaic like you can point to an fdr match and say that's an FTR match and like and i guess it's good that they have a style but well also they, they, they do are, have a
1: style like they're they're old school wrestlers so i think that goes part and parcel with the gimmick
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah fdr is a good pick but not as good as our second place. A man who worked for 15 years on the indies and most he ever got was a shot on impact wrestling. And finally came through this year. And of course, as we've learned, if you want to become an instant babyface, you talk shit to Cody Rhodes. And that's exactly what he did. Then had an amazing feud with John Moxley. Also cut a promo on, what was it, a donut? Or was it gummy worms? It was a cookie. That's right. Uh, And
2: also, and also, Sour Patch.
0: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, we did that too. Um, Uh, But yeah, Eddie Kingston was my pick for my first year because, like, Eddie's a guy who I always see, but I don't pay attention. Didn't pay attention to until this year because, like, I saw him in Shikara. I got to see him defend their grand championship and shit like that. And I always knew he was good. But I never realized how great he was until AEW, until he just kind of had a lot of a lot of brisket to sink the teeth into. And, yeah, Eddie, Eddie's
1: fucking ruled this year. Yeah, he's a great wrestler, but he is, bar none, one of, if not the best current promos out there right now. Oh,
0: without a fucking doubt, because everything he says sounds so fucking real and he does not have to c- like the promo doesn't need to he rarely does do a basic hey i'ma fight you and it's gonna hurt it's always just like i grew up in the streets of new york and then he just goes on a tangent about going to buy a grilled cheese or some shit, but the whole time you're enthralled. Having to, having,
2: having to fight, like, gutter bears yeah. <laughs> for, for scraps.
0: <laughs> like. versus gutter bears uh, But yeah, Eddie Kingston's my first year. I honestly changed this from rookie of the year to first year just because I wanted Eddie to get something tonight.
2: Yeah, I picked mine based off the previous category, Uh, the winner of this category, uh, the star of the show, number 99 of The Dark Order, Anna Jay, because uh, when she's, because she started at the end of last year with her seventh match being (laughs) against Sheeta. (laughs) So like, I think by the time this year started, she had ten professional wrestling matches, And over the course of this year, she's now become, like, one of the top, maybe not, like, one of the top female wrestlers, but one of the ones you're looking at, like, yeah, she's probably going to be champion in the next, what, what do you think, like, year? Maybe less? She had the match, she had the match against Sheena like a few weeks ago for the title and she had me believe, well fuck, maybe they are gonna do this. Holy shit. They're gonna set the youngest champion for the women's division real soon. (laughs) But yeah, no, everything Uh, she does now, she does such. Let me hear the moment where she became my uh, my like breakout like first year person was uh, whenever Brody won the championship and they were beating everyone out down and then she just walks very briskly across the stage and just chokes Brandy Rhodes the <laughs> fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> and there was no there was no build up for that apropos of nothing. Just now, fuck this woman. Fuck fuck this. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> got insane. herself a new got herself a new gimmick out of it. Queen Slayer now, doing great work on Dark, beating the shit out of Stu Grayson. The only person God. Stu Grayson fears is some some five five six blonde chick
1: <laughs> from Georgia.
2: It's amazing everything about her her gimmick now too, and it's her character works too good or good too because she on and off has had the stuff where she's trying to like you know recruit take Conti into it and like I'm excited to see where that goes like I'm ex- I'm excited it's the fact that like she has such little experience in the business but like she's listening to people or something like Eddie Kingston I'm not surprised that Kingston is breaking out FTR I'm not surprised FTR is doing good they've been doing this for years this chick is like
1: less than two dozen matches yeah but she got tossed into the lake and she swam the first time is the thing Yeah, so
2: that is, that is what, based on, based on what this category is, like, she is, for me now, the barometer for how we, how I, how I measure somebody, like, like, breaking out and, like, doing their first year.
0: It's honestly akin to Rhonda. When, but like without, like imagine if Ronda had no buildup going into WWE, and they were just like, "Yeah, here's this random person who's never wrestled a match before. Here you go." And then they blow everyone's expectations out of the water. That's Anna Jay, but it's natural and not weirdly put together because Rhonda Rousey.
1: Yeah, she had a lot. She and Anna Jay has so much natural talent that she was able to pick it up as quickly as she did. But she worked hard to do it as well. And I think that like her breakout is just amazing. Cause I don't think I've seen uh, a rookie like that. Uh, just like, shh, yeah, be as amazing as they are first year, you know, with less than 50 matches under their belt. Like, wow. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, granted training for a while, but still like
1: this is on television.
2: This is, <laughs> Granted, it wasn't in front of, like, thousands of people. I'm sure empty arenas are a better way to, like, slowly gain your, you know, gain your stuff up. It's still, still impressive.
0: I have just realized that I, the way I've ordered these, it is going to be Blake, me, Dylan, for the first three. Because we're now moving on to our storyline of the year, um, which last year was, I believe we called it Promotional Tactic like, the best thing people use to bring people into wrestling. And uh, the winner last year was John Moxley just making the greatest music video of all time and releasing it on Twitter at midnight. Uh, but this year, who's our third-place winner,
1: Blake? All right, our third-place winner this year is the Roman Reigns Joins Paul Heyman storyline. Because, um...
0: Now oh, if the- I may, if I may, I'ma need you to pump the brakes slightly.
1: Okay, cause stop. You know okay, fine, fine, fine. fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> Paul Heyman <laughs> joins Roman Reigns. Okay, there we go. There we go. There we go. Uh but no. Uh to literally, just almost everybody's surprise, Um Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman teamed up to make the new destructive manager wrestler relationship and I love it because it is taking the things that you saw in the Brock uh Lesnar Paul Heyman relationship and making it somehow scarier because yeah. um ever since uh Roman joined Heyman Heyman woke something dark up in Roman Reigns and that's been the storyline so far and the fact is Heyman has already lost control of the new monster he created, and I cannot wait to see that develop, because it's already developed to the point where he murders people. Um, (laughs) I don't want to spend too much time on it, but his match against Kevin Owens TLC this year was match of the night easily. Um, Well, hold on. That is... That's not a hard bar to
0: clear there for TLC. Uh, I will say... It's if you up, don't but mind, it was also I a good match. I, I wouldn't mind extending this through to the J. Roman storyline, because that was the most genuinely emotional storytelling in wrestling this year.
1: Yes, I think basically i i I want to count this as the whole time from when they joined forces to now, basically, because that has been the resurgence of Roman reigns in a way that I not only palate but enjoy
0: And then we go from what was easily m- one of the most serious emotional, high stake storylines of the year to just the dumbest fucking thing that i could not resist watching every single week because my storyline of the year was mjf desperately trying to join the inner circle because i remember they had their first segment together and i came on the show and i said that's the best wrestling segment of the year what happened the next week they fucking sang a show tune and the New York Times wrote about it. I said, that's segment of the year. And then they go to fucking Vegas and hornswoggles in a diaper. That was fucking segment of the year.
2: <laughs> they smoked <laughs> out a limo. <laughs> With
0: it was great moment after great moment after great moment and then even the match like it was hard to stand out on that card but it was still a good match for what it was but it was just getting to watch chris jericho take a baby chris jericho under his wing and then slowly realize oh no he's better than me and i know it Because as good as Jericho was in that rivalry, that was Maxwell Jacob Friedman's coming out party. That was MJF saying, like, no, I'm not just a douchey heel. I am entertaining as fuck. You just have to let me do it.
1: That was, yeah, that was definitely him saying, like, me and Jericho, if we work together, we'll come up with the most entertaining segments of the year. But I'm going to be the most entertaining one in the most entertaining segment this year.
0: And then, in addition, we got Sammy feuding with MJF and also the world's longest staring contest between
1: Jake Hager and Wardlow.
2: There was also also MJF's acceptance speech. I don't know what you... I've never even heard of Drake. I I wrote this myself.
0: (laughs) Or uh, when they had the Will the Inner Circle breakup moment. Ortiz, man, you're my essay. Come on, Ortiz! Like, Jesus, Jesus MJF! Mm. But yeah, I think surprising no one, that is my, uh,
1: that is my storyline of the year. Dylan, bring it home. Yeah. <clears throat> um.
2: Perhaps some of the greatest continual storyline, like, storytelling, is it started last year, but there was not a weekly show to help bolster it, like, There is this entire year as we have seen the slow spiral. I don't even know if it's a spiral anymore. It's like a weird roller coaster that's mostly on the low end. But it keeps it keeps going up as as hangman Adam Page uh, continues his odyssey to parts unknown, Uh, starting off really early in the year, like surprise winning the tag titles with Kenny. Then feuding with the Bucks because the Bucks Hulk Hoganed him, uh, shit shitting all over his moment. Going to Revolution, having the greatest tag match of all time, while constantly like you know, button heads with Kenny, getting to be like, yeah, they're the they're the best tag team. Like we're just two singles wrestling. Like all of that, never feeling like he's good enough. The whole thing where he the, he gets kicked out of the Elite because he is insecure, starts drinking. Loses, loses the tag titles. Drinks some more. Yeah. Meets with Kenny in the the finals of that number one contenders' tourney. Fucking kills it, but loses. Then, then the Bucks win. Can't join in the celebration. Now he's at the Dark Order Christmas party. Like the whole <laughs> thing is just like this amazing. Yeah. Like I, every. every... Every time I see it, I'm just like, this is so it's it rides this wonderful line of great emotional storytelling and like 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 almost like actual like English lit worthy storytelling. Rides it all with this absurdity. It's you of have this picked. guy drinking drinking whiskey all the time. Breaking into the bar at at a a Jacksonville Stadium, fighting there.
0: (laughs) Like, you picked the perfect in-between between Blake's and mine. It was serious emotion, but then also just goofy, entertaining shit. Also, the other day someone tweeted one of those, Describe your 2020, but with only pictures on your phone. And all I put was, Hangman Adam Page has been drinking. The greatest photo in AEW history.
1: Uh, yeah, that, that is wearing tights now, I guess. <laughs> that, the emotional roller coaster of this and the fact that it can flip between the two, like very serious and very absurd, is something that is almost never done well in professional wrestling. And they've just yeah. hit that sweet spot. I, I mean, I've said it before on the show, and I will say it again.
0: MJF and Jericho have had bad segments this year, Jericho had a bad fucking feud this year adam page has not had a thing i did not enjoy (laughs) throughout this entire year hangman has not put on because everyone else has cody um well that's a given kenny the bucks everyone's done something where i said i don't know about this he's never not delivered it's insane there
2: have been things he's done that I I haven't liked because they made me sad. Yeah. but there's never been a thing where it was done poorly,
1: right? Yeah, it was um, it was a real sad, like the sad that you get when you watch your favorite character die. Yeah, <laughs> except uh, it was well,
2: worse because he wasn't dead. You knew this was going to keep going for another year until the redemption arc.
0: Well, now oh, we we'll yeah. move. We're half <laughs> we're halfway there at best. God, fuck. Well, now let's move on to the theme song of the year, which, of course, last year could not have been Kingdom by Downstate, which I did listen to earlier today. And I will say still fucking slaps, even with how much we overplayed it. That song still fucking slaps. But now as long it's as it's 20- not
2: done, as long as it's not done live.
0: Fuck. <laughs> yeah. That might be that might be what ruined it that might be what ruined kingdom by, uh, but by, now way, let's... For, by the way
2: for this uh, for this category because I didn't put, put it but um uh, Judas being sung by a live chorus oh yeah almost that's not really a theme song that's a performance but <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm shocked uh none of us picked Judas because Judas had a banner year this year but let's get into it wasn't bl- new though. It had already been there. Well, mine's not technically that new. Mine's been around for about a year. Mine's 2019 light, but I just listened to like it showed up in my top five on most listens on Spotify, so that's why. But before I get into mine,
1: Blake Tanner, what is it? Um, uh, this one is uh, third place. Is Brody Lee's music in AEW? Um, the he is exalted. There is something special about his, uh, entrance theme that I think really hits the place in professional wrestling where you want a theme to hit where you're like, this is a real anime intro. Um, because it gives me the same vibes as hearing Sephiroth's theme from Final Fantasy, which is, of course, One Winged Angel. Um, but the, uh... The the genuinely, like, scary kind of horror vibes music uh, at the very intro, and then interspersed with uh, hearing just people chanting in a chorus in the background,
0: He is Exalted One,
1: really just kind of hit it for me, and I don't, I, like, there is something great to coming out to the ring with a kind of banger like that.
0: Damn it. You saying that made me realize that I do have a favorite theme song specifically from 2020, and it is
1: He's the best! He's the
0: best! He's the best man! man." Man, man. (laughs) (laughs) Miro's new theme does fucking slap, but uh, no, instead... Mine is uh, a song that was so good because we saw a bunch of great theme songs die this year. Seth Rollins famously lost his song at WrestleMania to fit his new aesthetic and also the fact that they don't like CFO anymore. But the greatest tragedy is the fact that we can no longer... Holy it, it, shit, it that's such a good, not, good song. Like, it's not I, new, but it rose like to prominence said, more because he became
2: like a main eventer
0: this year. Yeah, exactly. And it's such a good song. And it is, I mean, in addition to Judas, it's another one of those classic wrestlers sings their own theme song music. And holy shit, it works so well It's such a good song It's fun, but also has a serious beat behind it It is like Keith Lee Cause it's fun and it's bouncy But also it does look like it would beat you up behind the bar If you've disrespected a woman Like, it it is a great fucking song And I I can't get over the fact that Cause like, they finally have given him something more limitless adjacent But it's
1: not. It ain't
0: it. It ain't it. Chief, Um,
1: that's the that's the one thing. Like we've got to, in this case especially, honor the great songs that we'll never hear again. In this case, Keith Lee's. This is this is not the greatest song of the year. This is just a tribute. Perhaps the perhaps the best
0: poor one for CFO. Oh well, no, Biggie just got a new theme song, so that
1: doesn't count. But. But but no, yeah, like the loss of all those CFO songs, especially. Um it has been a sucky year for good intro themes because several good intro themes died. They haven't taken Oscars <laughs> yet. That's
2: the only one where I'll,
1: I think I might riot. Yeah. I would care more about Nakamura's if I cared about Nakamura anymore. It, no, I, I cannot I, tell you how much that hurts my soul to say. Nothing's oh, ever gonna beat his know, New man. Japan
2: one <laughs> for me. That's why. Yeah. Da, da,
0: da, da. It's good and singable. I think that's what I like about it. Uh, but Dylan, shocking absolutely...
1: Yeah. Uh, 8 out of but 10. Dylan, Dylan shocking 10 absolutely the nobody who's theme song of the year. I, w- I want you to... Uh, I want it to be known
2: that I called this his theme song of the year <laughs> on his second... I think appearance I think it was his first appearance on Dark. <laughs> because the revolution is televised. <laughs> you want to know how to make a banger brass section? You bring a whole you can't bring a whole lot of brass to this motherfucker. That shit, that shit showed up, and I, I, I listened to it on repeat a couple times. I was just like, nah, this, I can't, can't get enough. This is beautiful. It helps it's... that Ricky leans into it so hard.
0: Oh, yeah, I,
2: dude. During his entrance. Some people just, like, kind of, like, walk out to their entrance. Ricky Stark walks with his entrance.
0: <laughs> That's, like, a CD something, used, so... CD used to be really good about that. Christopher Daniels embodied his theme music.
2: Yeah. It, uh... uh. So, yeah, no, no, there's... There's no song I can think of that got, like... Th- of this year, much like my pick for last year, the best friends. The best friends theme song fits them like a glove because of how weird it is. Yeah, and Ricky Starks just sounds so sleek, yet you know, like southern. It just like you can see Ricky Starks with his like his fucking chain and just being Ricky Starks, you're like, yeah, no, no, that's that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Don't know.
1: <laughs> it like it. You see him and you're just like, of course. i mean no really like that is that is a good point especially the fact that like you integrated how the superstar interacts with their songs like a wrestler interacts with their entrance music and that's what, what makes the best ones well this wasn't a category but i would like
0: to quickly give worst use of music in a wrestling environment this year uh arguably cody coming out to the worst version of downstate is is high up there but i think the worst one has to be
1: this is the greatest show Joe? fuck i it's, forgot fuck. that was this year it's been it so we were year. we were hanging out when we watched that weren't we
0: yeah we were
1: <laughs> all right
0: well, it's now time to get a little diabolical, because it's time to talk about the heel of the year, which last year, I did not remember this, it was Ring of Honor, but then I remembered everything Ring of Honor did in 2019, so I'm like, okay. We, all,
2: we were all placing money on Ring of Honor dying yeah. this year. And then they and then they hired Marty Skrull and we're like, oh, and then everything about Marty Skrull happened. We we're like, oh, they might die again, and then
1: they're somehow still here. Yeah. But like Impact Light. It's Danhausen. Danhausen saved them. If I've learned anything, like if a uh there a company can hold on by the skin of its teeth, like that's what I learned from Impact for God knows how long. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: I'm going to start, because mine's third, which shocked the fuck out of me. But my heel of the year is, is WWE Monday Night Raw, the show that made me hate professional wrestling?
2: It was because it was too vague. It's three hours. Like, (laughs) Ring of Honor, we had very specific points. Raw, you had limitless. Live, like keith Lee, like, just like limitless keith reasons that's not it was it was too vague which is why i didn't ret- pick
0: wwe <laughs> yeah it re- was a, ret- it's like retribution it's like, it's like, it's like, what's, what's, raw what's, underground them being the worst it? matches on every pay-per-view yeah
1: i mean you you, you gestures you, you bad it you. yeah <laughs>
0: Like that, all of that. And then, of course, recently I I, for December, I took a month off because as Dylan very succinctly put it, I'm burnt out on reviewing wrestling because of Raw, because AEW's had some bad shows. I've never been so physically upset that I couldn't work on anything for the rest of the night. But with Raw, I have multiple times been like, yeah, we can't record tonight.
1: I can't do anything. I'm fucking furious. It literally happened last night at TLC. After (laughs) TLC was over, we were so fucking just livid by how shitty that show was. And if
0: I may, who put on the good matches, which were arguably Sasha, Carmella, and Kevin versus Roman? Oh, that's SmackDown. And then raw fucking shit all over the rest of the car. The so, triple threat
2: ladder match looked alright
0: uh, Um No it was a basic TLC Match and then almost Baby carried Miz Over and instead of like a throw He just kinda went and <laughs> let Miz Fall Oh but now let's move honestly, on Honestly that was almost better Yeah you weren't there for that cause you're a lucky human being Uh Blakey T Who's your heel of the year buddy
1: Oh, my heel of the year is an actual character heel. So heel for reasons that I like... no, wait, never mind, he's both.
0: Fuck. Oops. He he really um, is! He is!
1: Yeah, he's both. Um, and that is why my heel of the year is Chris Jericho. Because not only have I enjoyed and respected all the shit that he's done, we've mentioned his feud with MJF, uh his feud with uh Orange Cassidy was which was a little bit of both. Um, and just the, like, his general personality since, uh, joining AEW, he's just continued it to greater heights this year. Um, I feel like if there's anything I'm forgetting, just, uh, jump in, but, uh, also, Chris Jericho, The Super Spreader the is super here. Chris Jericho, the Super Spreader, also exists. Chris Jericho, the... I'm just asking questions. Conspiracy theorist, which is the worst kind of conspiracy theorist exists. The man Chris that- Jericho, the man who
0: both donated to the Trump campaign and had a separate individual, also named Chris Jericho, donate to the same
1: campaign. <sighs> Chris Jericho, why do you have to suck right now as a real person? Because I love to be mad at you in wrestling, but I don't love it when you're spreading a deadly virus and voting for somebody who is actively, like, not given a shit about spreading the virus. It is the worst president I've had in my lifetime. Sorry, Boomer. Sorry, I don't know if Chris Bush. Jericho's shit or Boomer, but fuck it. Um, no, that- so that's why Chris Jericho is my heel, so he is kind of a meshing of the two worlds. Where Scotty's was because He just fucking sucked. And mine was a little of that, and he's a great wrestling persona heel. But Dylan, our winner tonight is full on. Oh, yeah. Never before has there been such a combination
2: of uh, word choice, body language, acting, and an incredibly punchable face as <laughs> Maxwell Jacob Friedman.
0: Yeah, baby! Between the
2: be, between the presidential-esque State of the Union addresses before his his AEW title match uh, to everything he did in the, the Jericho inner circle feud. Yeah. Even his stuff earlier, like way early in the year when he was doing things before
0: the... Whole like the, the Cody feud The Cody feud was this year Yeah the
2: Cody feud exactly Beautiful perfect Everything And honestly about, I, and I forgot
0: the... About the Moxley feud But like yeah If it wasn't for the great shit from the Jericho feud The MJF Moxley feud Would have been my rivalry of the year Like it would have been up there too
2: Exactly yeah Him uh, Him fucking like Fucking about to win the ring for a second time like everything he does, you're just like, man, fuck that guy. And then, if, and then we're smart marks. We're just like, oh, they did a good job, but like, fuck that guy. Yeah. The only thing I can compare it to is Jay White in New Japan, where you look at him, and you're just who like, He's was such your a heel of the heel. year
0: last year? He was your pick for yeah, heel last I, year too. I
2: literally, I would have voted for him again. because. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't but i wanted to (laughs) that's the only thing right i've never i've never seen someone lean so in to just being hateable in such a believable way like they they buy into knowing that Mm -hmm. they can be hated everybody else it's like chris jericho is just like yeah i'm a heel but like everybody wants to be a, a cool heel yeah. MJF doesn't want to be a cool heel. MJF will. If you're a fan of MJF, he will actually tell you to suck a dick to your face. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> He'll flip Not your kids his, off.
2: His dicks his dicks too good to you. He'll tell you to go suck your dad's dick. <laughs> <laughs> He'll he'll punch your tell kids. You, they'll probably tell you, "Oh, wait, you can't. You have an absentee father." That's the kind of stuff that MJF does. And you you have to you have to respect how much he's how much effort he's putting into it. He's living the gimmick. He's like he's just he's going for it on a level yeah. unseen to just be as big a heel as possible. So and while good. I desperately want to see him get decked. <laughs> Well, like, it's full I, on, like the 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 Moxley thing wasn't good enough. I wanted to see him get choked out, and he didn't. There was that yeah. there was that bullshit finish. I just I really wanted to see MGF pass out. No, no, but it's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. Long term <laughs> booking, man.
1: Long term booking.
0: I'm excited. Anyway, for that's the, the
2: end of me winning things.
0: I I'm sad. I'm I'm waiting for the eventual Sammy Guevara baby face turn because I realized that the other day. Like holy shit, Sammy would make a great baby face. But uh, it's interesting. We brought up Jericho. He already, he already
2: has the support behind him because of the because of the vlog.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, now we move on to something that one of our heels won last year. Who was Chris Jericho? Who was our entertainer of the year in 2019? And he pretty much kind of kept it going like this year. I think the MJ or the uh, Orange Cassidy feud slowed him down. Quite a bit, but outside of that, yeah, he, he killed it. But uh, right now, let's get into the number three enter Oh, look, Dylan's Dylan third on this one. Good. It's
2: because, it's because you bunch of plebeians don't recognize the genius <laughs> that is John Silver.
0: <laughs> Johnny Hungy!
2: John Silver, who single-handedly turned the entire... Trajectory of his career around by being a weird little muscular motherfucker on being the elite. So entertaining (laughs) that Tony Khan came up to him, like half ribbed, half scolded him for not showing that much personality on Dynamite. And now that he has, everybody, everybody is excited to see John Silver wrestle a match because he's good wrestler. He's like arguably like, you know, borderline great wrestler. Him and Alex together is fantastic tag team. But he's just so entertaining to watch because he's just fucking, he's fucking crazy. He's, li- he's fucking insane. He and got Matt the, Hardy The champion stuff? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's on, a, he is on another level. And the fact that you guys don't recognize that proves your lack of
0: taste.
1: I recognize <laughs> it so much. Um, I, and I, I, I love listened. him for it.
0: Yeah, but, I listened to uh, him and Alex on AEW Unrestricted And I was like I- I- Fucking John's saving this whole Because Alex is very soft-spoken He's just like, yeah, and then we got hired It was really interesting working for WWE and catering And then John would just pimp it and be like Y'all ever watch Tim and Eric? It's fucking hilarious <laughs> Oh,
2: fuck There's gotta be a straight man to it
0: Yep but now it's time to move on to my entertainer of the year, which uh, realized I placed this in a wrong spot because what else can we say about Maxwell Jacob Friedman, <laughs> the man who went from uh, telling Cody to fuck off, which we've learned will get you over, to having the that's greatest- the only time it didn't. to having the greatest segment of the year with chris jericho to being the only person who aew has said hey why don't you call out john moxley for being a former wwe guy and he said okay let's do this and just epic like pipe bomb esque promos comedy promos whatever mjf had to do he would go out there and do it and it would always be like i think a lot of the detractors of mjf in the past have been like okay but he's just a generic he's just doing the most generic heel shit and then this year was the year he said okay i'm gonna get more creative and entertaining with ways to be a heel like even his match quality which used to be admittedly slow paced because that's a good heel tactic is to wrestle a slow match. So everyone gets mad at you because they just want to see the big super kicks and punches. He's even adjusted that for that to be more entertaining. He's adopting like Eddie Guerrero tactics and he's playing more of a goofy character. And fuck, he's so good. I think he and let me see, I think it's him and Hangman are tied for the most nominations that we have.
1: I, I, that is probably true. They they both probably had some of the best years, like the best overall kind of um uh like success this year. Um but in terms of entertainer, um which is very interesting that he won. I'm surprised because I loved him, but he was both of your second choices, but it is Brody Lee, the exalted one of the dark order. And I think that it is, um, it is well-deserved because as he, he was not anywhere near the top of the list for the Exalted One of the Dark Order. He kind of disappeared after, um, you know, for a while during his non-compete clause after WWE. Um. Yeah. But then, he came into AEW. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just fucking sneeze in front of me? (laughs) (laughs) He came into AEW and he ate a steak funny. And goddammit. That was the moment when I knew the sneezing comments and from then he pivoted directly into the insane wonderful leader of the dark order. I will never the the, the fucking like he created one of the best wrestling memes of the year with just hitting people with stacks of paper. <laughs> Pick that up.
2: Hit yourself with it. <laughs>
0: And if I may, sell
2: for stew. You better sell for stew. stew.
0: He also continues our theory because uh, how? What was his biggest match this year? Oh, that's right, fucking killing Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yes, he
1: did. <laughs> he killed Cody Rhodes. Um, God, killed he killed also- Cody
2: Rhodes. Tried to kill John Moxley. It's really, yep. it's a winning combination.
1: <laughs> yeah. I also, I want to take this moment to point out, like how livid he was. On, uh, I think it was an episode of Being the Elite earlier this year when they almost could have had Hangman be part of the Dark <laughs> yeah. Order, and no. then he didn't. And he said we could have had cowboy shit. Do you like cowboy shit? Do you do you like horses? Do
2: you like whiskey? Do you like cowboy? Sh- of course you like cowboy shit. Oh, fuck. that was where the paper thing came from because What's he that? threw it. In Alex and Reynolds. Oh no, he threw it at Uno.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm, I am i love the dark order without like brody's leadership on a day-to-day basis but i also i miss him because of how like you know the dynamics change and it's just all the kids running around in the house when dad's not home i want dad to be home sometimes because dad's fun as hell um but i fucking love it and i hope that brody lee comes back into a dark order with cowboy shit And not Uh,
0: only that, like, even going beyond the realm of performance entertainment, he's done two separate unrestricteds, and both of them have been fucking killer, because he's so intelligent. He's so intelligent, he's so well-spoken, and he's so enthralling to hear speak about anything, where he's just sitting there like, yeah, I've got my DMs open, I don't get dick pics or anything, you guys need to ask Silver about that, though.
1: Oh. oh, and that was when the dick pic started. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh like I said, MJF was one of those guys who had a rough year but got better. He was one of the most improved this year, but he did not make it on our list of most improved, who last year uh John Moxley won most improved, which yes, if you, you can only go up after getting a needle shoved in your ass on television. <laughs> But uh, before that, Blake, would you like to give us your most improved wrestler of 2020?
1: Yes, and that gentleman is Drew McIntyre. Um, Yes. I mean, you got to think, just starting from the year, starting at the Rumble, McIntyre, like his uh, performance, amazing, winning the title, fantastic. From somebody who was like, before this year, until he got like, he started his real big push. Was kind of floundering again. Um,
2: yeah. I, I I will argue that it's not so much that McIntyre improved as they let him be Drew Galloway again.
1: I I yeah. think improved in this case is also the improved we seeing because I think yeah. our winner also succeeded from improved booking as well. Um, but like uh, McIntyre, especially with his booking. But you're right; they let him be the character that. Made him successful, and that improved his entire WWE run so far to the point where he has been consistently in the main event, a consistent title holder, and somebody that they come to look at with like a very uh, with a high level of respect. It seems. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, the other we're, end of that,
0: we're gonna get into Drew more later. Don't you worry. But uh.
2: Yeah, like you said, uh, improving in terms of uh, booking, but in ter- improving more in terms of, uh, like, getting getting fan support behind it. This is Warglow. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Wardlow, who showed up and everybody was just like, who is this, who is this goofy-looking motherfucker that is with MJF? Wearing uh, a Burberry ooh, be- tie. <laughs> wearing a Burberry tie. By the way, wonderful, wonderful move. Also, it turns yeah. out he just owns a shitload of suits. He didn't. He wasn't some, like, mo- like bodybuilder that didn't know. He just owns a lot of suits. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Talked about that on Unrestricted. He was just like... They were like, how many suits do you own? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Then being known as the guy that took the Cody Rhodes moonsault off the top of an unnecessarily tall cage... He is over time just better and better. Like just sh- gotten to show more and more of himself from like his matches being good. The F ten is now for me gone from being a stupid gimmicky move to oh no, that's that's actually genuinely impressive. After you've seen him do it the tenth time, you're just like, it was not a was not a fluke. He is literally flinging people like frisbees. Uh, whats yeah. I'm going to hang a guy off the top rope and then drop them directly on my knee. Which, I've never seen that before. This is the most brutal looking shit I've ever seen. It's like, a, it's like a different version of the go to sleep. Except with way less guidance and more pain. It's like an old Kenta go to sleep where you're just like, that
1: guy's dead now. It's like, <laughs> you didn't even check. That, yo, you actually domed him. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, it's it's one of those things where
2: much like I said, you you see Anna J. and you're just like that's a future change. Like Wardlow just has like baby face, like just big man written all over him. Like he's the, like the antithesis of Brian Cage, where it's just like watch this strong guy be a heel. Like you're gonna get watch Wardlow like just muscle tits his way through everything. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he is my he is my most improved. Because like I said, it's not even that hes I think he's always had the skill level, but he's gotten to like show more and more of it. And like now, now when you see Wardlow on screen, you're like, oh, hey, you, know, you get excited. Like you're, you're happy about it. Where before you were indifferent. Now you're just like, oh, maybe this is going to be whenever he does something like ridiculous. And normally, yes.
1: Yeah. You want it to be like when Wardlow breaks out of that, like, uh, you know, when he stops being the guy that stands there in the nice suit, because that's going to be fucking awesome.
0: You guys know, you guys remember Family Feud and how like every once in a while the second person would come in for the final round and they'd be like, answer, they already said that. Ah, fuck, okay. And then they'd go to the next question and they'd answer and then they'd say, no, someone's already said that. Ah, fuck. That was me talking to both of you about this category <laughs> because all three of us were like, no, nah, it's fucking Roman, right? It's definitely Roman right?" <laughs>
2: So, he, went to- from, he went from <laughs> us actively rooting against him to us being, like, amazing. Yeah.
0: He
1: is...
2: 100%. A, so 2020's He lost the most, best. That was step one.
0: The most improved thing in 2020, Roman Reigns' his teeth. His is right there, baby. He's got them Ross Gellers in. He's rocking the Gellers. Uh-huh. No, it, it's almost akin to... I remember when CM Punk cut the pipe bomb, and I liked Punk beforehand, but he looks and he goes, I'm the best wrestler in the world. And he said it with such conviction that you just went, no, he's right. Yeah, he's right. I've got no evidence to back it up, but he's fucking right. That's me with Roman currently, because all the shit Roman says instantly almost it just becomes canon he's just like no one can touch me i am an untouchable god i am the head of the table and i'm like no no he's right though (laughs) he's fucking right and like every match he has i'm just it it sounds weird to say i'm in awe of roman reigns during these matches because i'm like well i know where kevin is And I know where literally everyone else is like, he exudes what Brock Lesnar should have exuded. Whereas Brock, when you came out, you knew because of booking, Brock Lesnar's not gonna lose. But with Roman, you're like, no, Roman's not going to lose. Because he's Roman Reigns. Like it's never a question of like. Oh Booking's making Roman do this. I'm like no it's because Booking can't make Roman lose this. There is. It's like when Shayna Baszler had the women's title in NXT. It's just a matter of untouchable. No one could come near them. Like it's going to take a Rhea Ripley-esque moment for me to go. Okay so that's where we're going with Roman. Because he just has upped his game so much, and he carries such an air of confidence that he never had before. That every match now feels so special, like it feels very. I mean, it's the same shit you would get from The Rock and Stone Cold. Like he has that coming when he comes out to the ring.
2: I would, I would argue that it, it is like Brock Lesnar, but it's like, like undisputed title Brock Lesnar, like where you saw me you were just like I was like, oh, here's a. That Brock Lesnar, it's like a different version, because that Brock Lesnar was a walking natural disaster. Uh, and like this Roman Reigns, you see it, and you're just like, ah, the storm is coming. I see the storm is, because the storm is crazy, and like, clearly a sociopath.
1: Ah, uh, yes, and y- the storm is right for me. Yes, I am going to die.
0: Yeah, and, and like we said earlier, his his story with Jay was easily one of the most emotional things of this year. Because Roman believes what he's saying. When Roman walks up and he says, you're my family, I don't want to have to do this, it's not him as a heel being like, no, I don't want to fight you, whatever. It's him literally being, you're my fucking ooze. Which sounds weird for a Caucasian white male to say, but he's like, you're my brother, I don't want to fucking hurt you, but I will. It's It's that... It's it's so good because it's taking the Ricky Steamboat esque baby face of I love my family and I will do anything to fight for my family. It's taking that and saying, how do we make that one of the most despised heels of all time? And they have
1: done it with Roman in uh, in terms of uh, alignment. He is an embodiment of chaos or of lawful evil, even though he can bring chaos he follows yeah. his law to the T, and if you do not follow it, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are to him. He will destroy you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love him. Like, that was my favorite thing about the Kevin match, was the fact that when he was against Jay, I was like, okay, he he, he knows Jay. He respects Jay. He ain't gonna pull it all out. Oh, he's fighting Kevin now? Oh, Kevin's gonna die. <laughs> Kevin always is gonna
1: die. It's like fuck, man. Um to the fact that he went from in a year from like the person that I did not want to see, but that I was happy was okay, to the person that's like I'm going to take some time off because I don't want to get sick, to the person who says I'm back who's first, they're dead. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 literally my cousin who I've known since we were children. Fucking kill him. Oh,
0: and He's- best best storyline to bring him in on best storyline to bring him in on his new champion like that solidified him if it was anybody else like if they had done the fiend it wouldn't have worked it would not have worked like you needed jay for this but we've talked enough about roman Nah, we've talked enough about good shit let's talk about some real bad shit the worst storyline of the fucking year which last year Went uh, appropriately enough to Lana Rusev and Bobby Lashley's whole bullshittery that surprisingly went so long that I thought it was still, I thought that was a 2020 storyline. I really did. I was sitting there like, no, 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 that's it. That technically was... was. Oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, Dylan, would you like to begin on this one? Um, so this is a
2: storyline that I didn't realize. <laughs>
0: you, oh, this is how bad it is. Dylan slurred. This is a fucking <laughs> storyline. It's some bullshit. So
2: this is a, a storyline that I didn't realize was bad until Blake pointed something out to me. And it's the Orange Cassidy versus Jericho feud. And it wasn't bad in terms of, like, the idea of it. It was the execution. Because the execution required Orange Cassidy... Have to fundamentally not be Orange Cassidy in order to win the feud. Like, from the get go, in that entire last Mimosa match, that that wasn't Orange Cat. That was just a guy with Orange Cassidy moves who was wearing sweatpants with with pockets on it. That was was it. There was was none of the relaxedness, there was none of the turning it on. It was just full force, though. It wasn't wasn't orange cassidy
0: there wasn't well like there wasn't anything clever about him because that's the beauty he's kind of like loki the god of mischief he just comes in and fucks shit up by being smart and he works smarter not harder and yet in this storyline it was just go do all the punches
2: yeah i think the i think the, the problem with it was that it didn't feel natural yeah it felt, it felt a little forced. Like, something like the Cody match feels natural, where Orange Cassidy loses because his laziness catches up. And that's a storyline. That's an improvement. You could have had—if you had had something like that, where, like, his reason not to is, like, there comes a point in the match where it's just like, oh, right. And then instead of being lazy, he just, like, like clocks a guy. That'd be fine. But for this, it was Chris Jericho attacked me.
0: Yeah, or even the like MJF match he just had for the Dynamite Dozen ring. Like, MJF walks in the ring and tries to do the Guerrero spot, like, throw him the bat or whatever. And Cassidy just goes, I'm not fucking catching the bat. And he just puts it down on the ground and MJF pops up like a cartoon character and says, no, you have to take the bat. You take the bat. And then and he takes the bump and the ref turns around. That's the shit Orange Cassidy is made for. Our goofy, super, cl- he is the roadrunner. <laughs> he is the roadrunner be- outsmarting people.
1: But yeah, right. And he wasn't doing that in the OC Jericho feud, which was uh, like Dylan said. That was my problem with it. Orange Cassidy not being Orange Cassidy for any period of an Orange Cassidy match or feud brings it down to a bad level.
0: Yeah, it was really, really rough. Uh, Blake, would you like to jump in with yours? Which I will say, I am going to argue against because it did give us the greatest worst match of all time.
1: You can argue all fucking day and all night about it, but I will never relent on the fact that the drunk Matt Hardy feud was... nope
0: Jeff. It was Absolutely
1: Jeff. dog shit. It, it, Jeff Hardy, yeah. not Matt Hardy. Fuck yeah. me. I got my Hardys wrong. But no, Jeff... Um, you, must have, you must have
2: taken that Matt Hardy bump and it just <laughs> rattled you a bit.
1: Yeah, I I took that bump, but I don't have a concussion, damn it. Um, n- but no, like, having them, um, it was Seamus that basically started all of this. Um, uh, having Seamus come out and basically browbeat Jeff for weeks on end about the fact that he is an addict and he is worthless for it is the weirdest. Like, I hate bringing that kind of personal shit into. The wrestling ring. Even though, like, I know that Jeff signed off on it, but it made me not feel good about it. And, I mean, it just all hinges on the piss test. It all hinges <laughs> on the piss segment. It all because hinges the, on the piss! It's all on the piss. Because the moment that he's like, I want you to take a piss test. Piss on me, Jeff. Live. Piss on and me. And I want you to piss on me. The
0: only good thing to come out of this is this is where Peaky Blinders Sheamus came from, and that's kind of, I'm down with that. But that was after this rivalry was over, and Jeff said, no, let's keep it going, let's bring Elias in.
1: Yeah, then they rekindled it with Elias, and then they, like, kept it going. And Elias re-
2: electrocuted himself with wood. With wood!
1: <laughs> with wood. <laughs> it got it was a then, big-ass Jeff- base. Jeff lightly stacked the violins on top of him. Before
2: he did a before he did a swanton bomb and smacked his back of his head against some steel steps.
1: (laughs) And then played a tambourine to close us out.
2: God, that feud is horrible. Okay, let's talk about something else.
1: And now for something even worse. Even worse. Oh god, Scotty, take at, us away. At
0: least yours has the saving grace of a match so bad it's laughably good. My storyline has everything. <laughs> Remember how I was like the, the, uh, the Jeff Hardy Elias match? is
2: still going,
0: right? Mm, no. <laughs> no, it's not, but it Kind of. The effects are still there and I hate it. Oh, Um, I'm sorry. It
2: it was only stopped by paternity leave.
0: Yeah, because much (laughs) like the Elias Jeff Hardy match had everything you'd want out of a terrible wrestling match, this has it? E- this has everything. This has a, a paternity test. This has a nineteen-year-old dating a thirty-three-year-old Austra- Australian man. This has uh, the Mysterio family coming together. This has Dominic Mysterio debuting. This has Ray Mysterio getting his,
1: f- <laughs> his fucking eye ripped out of his head.
0: <laughs> it's just. The Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins storyline went forever. Keep in mind, it started after Rey got yeeted off the top of a building by Baron Corbin. So Rey already was having a bad beginning to 2020. And they were like, hey, what's your next thing? Oh, I'm going to have my eye shoved out of my skull by Seth Rollins. Oh, that must be the blow off, right? No. Nah. We're gonna keep this going a lot longer than that.
2: It's like, it's like chapter two of a 15 chapter book. (laughs) Technically, technically, technically the, the feud is over, but the ramifications are still happening because the Buddy Murphy, like, fucking Mysterio uh like coalition is still going
0: yeah they were like hey what's this need how about some romeo and juliet shit with a mysterio child falling in love with a disciple of seth rollins well he just has the one and it's a 33 year old adult ass man nah still do it do it and make him kiss on television and then finally they handed this shit show over to smackdown where i said Maybe they'll fix it. And they made it worse. They made it worse then.
2: (laughs) I've got a bad idea.
1: And I know (laughs) how to
2: make it shittier.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck me. God damn it. It was so... I I can't believe that... Especially for as long as it went and kind of still is going. Because it just smacked of, we have nothing for you so we're going to give you this shitty terrible feud that's gonna just ruin seth again yeah
0: because seth was starting to come back he had that great match with kevin owens at mania and we were like okay good seth's back on his bullshit what are they gonna do to him now ah fuck oh no they're gonna do this to him oh no oh no seth turn run away Also, well, no, this is, this was before that. This is also the storyline that was his first real storyline after losing the, what, it wasn't this fire burns. What the fuck was this name of his old theme song? Burn it down. Yeah. So instead we then just got Christian,
1: Christian,
0: that's bullshit.
2: Sorry. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's, it's seth it's, uh, <laughs> it's seth all right now let's talk about some whenever he eventually things. returns
2: that's how we need to that's how we yeah, <laughs> need to announce it's it. Seth. it it's seth it's seth
0: he's number 30 in the rumble oh my god it's it's, it's seth. becky
2: it's becky lynch's husband
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's ruse dad ruse here all right, on to more positive things. Let's talk about our match of the year, which last year I still stand by. This we chose Cody versus Dustin. Fuck yeah! That Who's match this ruled. we
2: motherfucker?
0: We all did. No, actually, no. Yeah, you. What was yours last year that you were so furious? Didn't make it to number one. Osprey
2: versus Shingo Takagi, which yeah. won Wrestling Observer's match of the year. Ha <laughs>
0: Well, my match of the year is number third, and I understand why you guys didn't vote this high, because this is the, number third, this is the only wrestling match on, uh, on our top three that features, um, less than five wrestling moves.
2: (laughs) I believe there's only, like, two wrestling moves. one murder of a stuffed pig, so...
0: um but no it's hard to call it a match (laughs) it is a it's a match that i i was so tired that night and i was so stoned that after ed jordan i was like i'm checked out fuck it but then the next week i said i gotta watch that match again and then like a month later i gotta watch that fucking match again and then I just started finding excuses to go on to podcast to talk about this match. We have an episode of Fun Fiction coming out in a few weeks where we just talk about this fucking match. And it is the Firefly Funhouse match, a postmodern masterpiece of professional wrestling that does nothing but take the golden boy of WWE, John Cena, and break him down emotionally bit by bit until he finally has to succumb to the fact that he's been a terrible person in this company
1: in his life
0: it did give us the gif
2: of nwo john cena which
0: yes but even that like i i i forced my co-host on fun fiction megan to watch the match and and they loved it but the whole time they kept messaging me like why are they this why is john cena suddenly on a 1980s wrestling show oh well you see in the 1980s it's because they enjoyed large men wrestling and vince mcmahon still subscribes to that and so john cena is the perfect golden boy for that and then why is he in the nwo oh well you see a john cena heel turn is what many people like everything it's so it's so absurdist but it also all makes sense and it's, it's so meta. like you,
1: you can't you can't like how meta it is you just can't like that leads to so much of its charm too that yeah. like that is something that it's giving you what you want but in this monkey's paw scenario of this buck wild funhouse match yeah
0: and then like <laughs> my favorite comment from Meg was after the match where they just went okay when's the match what do you mean? When's the match? I watched the opening thing. No, no, no. That was it. That was it. And then that's what they said. This was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, that that was like, phenomenal. No, no, it was all of
2: that. And then they don't even actually wrestle.
0: Yeah. It was so good. It did the best thing for the Fiend, which was keep him waiting in the wings while Bray just psychologically tortured John Cena. You got genuine emotional promos from Bray Wyatt in the middle of it. You had John Cena commenting on the fact that he would never change who he was as a character, even though the storyline needed him to. Like It was just, uh, so fucking good! I could rant about it all day, but I'm not going to. I'm still gonna turn things
1: over to the Dylan. Hi. The Dylan here bringing you your yearly submission for. Oh!
2: Oh. Yeah, it's a New Japan match. Yay! Okay, so (laughs) here's why you guys are wrong again. (laughs) All right. Like you were last year. The thing is, is that I agree that the number one match is good. However,. Naito versus Okada, literally, <laughs> look at me, look at me in the eyes, look at me in the eyes right now, literally had five years of build-up that <laughs> paid off in that match.
0: <laughs> five no, years! What, what makes me so mad is I and know for that Meltzer. you Meltzer's definitely gonna make this match of the year, and Dylan's just gonna have a repeat of last year's frustration all
1: over again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like I
1: don't blame I him will,
2: either. <clears throat> I actually will probably freely admit that it was not the like best actual like match match. I didn't get to see the tag match for Revolution. That was probably it. But in terms of yeah. storytelling, in terms of like payoff, in terms of a moment, there is nothing nothing will be better than this when Naito actually hit the Stardust press, which is the reason why he lost the last Wrestle Kingdom match against Okada like that was that was that was perfect It was beautiful, like when he actually won the storyline that he had abandoned the IC championship had literally spent years beating the sh- or like a year beating the shit out of that belt and not wanting it, and that was how he got into this. He had already lost the belt to Jay White because he'd grown disillusioned, but then he got it back. basically, the belt he hated was his ticket into the main event of the second night of wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. So he had to embrace the belt he hated in order to get to the match, where he had to finally like be, be, become okay with who he was in order to win the double championship.
0: So wait, you like say was, fa- you perfect. said fa- f- five years? Five years of buildup? How about eighteen years of buildup of John Cena's career in the Firefly Funhouse match? All of it broke down. <laughs> Five years of build-up since Wrestlemania 30! Let's go!
2: That's not really a build-up. That's more like five years of dissection. It wasn't building towards a Firefly Funhouse match. Like Nobody was like, and then it'll finally pay off when he fights this guy in a non-wrestling match in an empty building. (laughs) Everybody was like, oh shit, this five-year storyline is finally going to cap off. At a, at a two-night Wrestle Kingdom event in front of a combined 100,000 people.
0: Now, yours was pre-COVID. I'm sure they would have had millions of people watching this one match on a TV screen. Alright, Blake, what it... I think me and Dylan have both realized, like, I think both of our matches are better than Blake's, but somehow it ended up at number one, just
1: because of Matt. You wanna know why? Because, um, well, first of all, we all picked the match that we picked for number one. Um, like, our but we, but each both of the us, matches that we both
2: of us both picked his match as number two. Number two. So
1: by the power of...
2: So by the, the rule of three, he won. That is, <laughs> that is actually,
1: uh, <laughs> gentlemen, that is... Ranked choice voting in action. Dylan's
0: hatred of my match and my non-knowledge of his match. I ranted about it it for a week.
1: For the best, Um, and that is the uh, uh, parking lot brawl between the best friends and Ortiz and and Santana. Weird Um, question. I
2: fucking just just to interrupt you. Why didn't you pick the Bucks versus
1: Hangman and Kenny? You actually watched it. I honestly, for as like the, as much as I enjoyed the implicate, like the emotional implications, it was a great match, but it was not my favorite match
0: because of the implication. Because of the implication.
1: Now there's just a lot. Whereas, like this match, I don't know what it was, but this is a style of match that, if it's done right, is. My favorite kind of wrestling match, um and that is the you know the parking lot brawl because it was a, a a street fight you get to go they went to a lot of uh various locations, basically, I love it for similar reasons to why Scotty loves cinematic wrestling and also because Trent's mom's car got hit um and Trent's mom got into it you You can't leave Sue hanging uh this is also a very rare instance where. Meltzer looked at it and he's like, fuck, man, that's a five-star match. I don't care where the fuck it took place. Um especially because you got such a wide variety of crazy ass spots. You got a lot of impressive athleticism from the best friends and Ortiz and Santana. And you got the uh memeable bullshit that I love, which is such a far like right turn from uh my last ma- last match of the year. Um So, I don't know, I guess this just goes to show that There are a lot of great matches And there are matches that surprise you With how much you like them This one surprised me with how much I liked it And the fact that I loved it
2: Let's run through some of those Ridiculous spots Uh, They include uh, Ortiz Being trapped under a car hood as both Trent and Chuck do swanton dives off the hood of that car onto the, onto the, uh, not the trunk, the fucking, uh, oh, the front of it. Uh, this includes Trent being, uh, suplexed onto the roof of a truck by Ortiz and then Santana jumping off another vehicle to splash him. Yeah. On the roof of a truck. Uh it included uh, Orange Casty gets let out of the trunk of a car oh, no, hold on. No, no, to then jump that, up.
0: Chuck pulls the key fob out of his pocket and <laughs> opens the trunk. Meaning a key fob had had part president in this match.
2: And then the finish of the match where um I believe Chuck Pile drove Santana on like one car. And then, uh, Trent's, uh, fucking dude-bustered Ortiz through, like, a table that had been set up on the back of a truck for the win. And then they got driven out by- by Trent's mom in her minivan. Hey,
0: Sue, she has Um, a name.
1: also, just because of the fact- Sue, thank you. Um, and this is, like, where we get the point of pride to say that the guy that we harassed for almost a (laughs) year has a five-star match (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right, well, now on to our uh, second biggest category of the year, our baby face of the year. One of the people who brought us the most joy this year. And for me, well, hold on. Last year, our baby face of the year was AEW, because fucking obviously. And this year, my baby face of the year is a guy who's done something that I honestly think I have not seen in my Ten as a fan of professional wrestling which is he's a guy who can somehow both be what management wants and what every fucking fan in attendance wants and it's drew mcintyre because holy shit we already talked about him as like most improved but he is such a good baby face to a point where He has to deal with shitty raw promos. And the whole time, like, I'm hearing the words, and I'm going, This promo is fucking terrible. But because it's Drew, I don't care. And he's not just a Brock Lesnar run-through everybody type. He can sell with the best of them, but then also. If he just needs to Scottish rage up and kick a motherfucker's head off, he can. Also, he's got a sword now. He got a fucking sword from Seamus in a chest in the back like this was Skyrim. And he's like, I'm just gonna bring this with me out to every match now and shove it in the stage. But yeah, Drew, Drew Mac, my baby face of the year, because he is easily probably one of the best baby faces in the business. Best baby face champion in my lifetime, I think.
1: Uh, I like when you can tell how much you cared about your picks by the level of promo you give them.
2: <laughs> really tell. Um, I'm next. Uh, my baby face of the year <clears throat> is, uh, is Kota Ibushi. Because never, as a wrestler... Um, exuded an aura of like, just, just purity. Yeah. And, and like, wonderfulness as Kodabushi. There's no wrestler who, there's nobody else, I think, who you could just hold up a, a, just a picture of them, like standing in the ring, and every, and just be like, is this a good guy or a bad guy? And no one would get Kodabushi Bushi. <laughs> Yeah. There's not a single person that would point at Kotobushi and not be like, that's the good guy. That guy right there, no chance in hell. No chance. Yeah. He's also a great babyface because he has a secondary mode of murderabushi, <laughs> which is by far one of the greatest things in wrestling. Which which, which is, I was nice and now I'm just snapped. I'm just, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. I'm just, I'm going to slap the taste out of your I mouth. I'm going
0: to fuck you up.
2: And it, the best part about that is, Everyone fears murder abushi. everyone Okada, Jay, especially like you just see the look in their face and they're like, "Ah tch, now I fucked up <laughs> there's just there's just something so great about abushi. The crowds all like love him, you get so much heel heat if you fuck with a Abu- like there's just there's just something so great that it i'm I consider him a great baby feast because it it translates across like boundaries. Ibushi cannot give an English promo. Not possible. But Kota Ibushi could show up in AEW tomorrow yep. and just act like Kota Ibushi and within two weeks he'd probably be one of their top guys. Like, just just naturally. Yeah, you just you would just understand. And like I just can't I can't emphasize enough how rare and like important to the, the industry that is. Yeah.
0: The unsnappable neck of Kota Ibushi. he tries so
2: hard him and Naito are in this competition Naito's winning because Naito's having to slow down because his body's breaking down in fact probably likely due to the bushi matches (laughs) yeah night one of Wrestle Kingdom is going to be crazy I can't watch I can't watch live this year because I have to do work which means I have to go an entire day without hearing anything about the wrestling industry just completely oh god that sounds terrible yeah can't check twitter can't check reddit nothing for three straight days because I'm not doing it for new year's dash either Uh, it does mean uh, that if either one of you ruins anything I will drive to Alabama (laughs) and beat you to death with a wiffle ball bat
0: I will I will, it, will. I will refrain. It sucks because I know I'm going to watch it, and I may forget that Dylan will be watching live with me, and I'll just be like, "Holy oh, no. shit! Oh no! Oh no!
2: I want you to know. I will. Tw- I will at you as I go to bed, and it will say, "Scotty, if you value your life, <laughs> your life,
1: you will not. <laughs> Do not. Oh. Meanwhile." I'll take this moment to pick not just my but all of our baby face of the year. This is one of the three times I think that we were unanimous on a yep. pick, um, and that is, I mean, Hangman Adam, Page, yeah, baby, man. Um, I, Cowboy I, shit. I don't know Cowboy what to add shit. on to what we've already said about how genuinely emotional Hangman's story has made each and every one of us over the last year. How we have shared his triumphs, how we have uh, felt for him in his defeat, how we wanted to be there for him, how we've just genuinely said, we will be happy if Hangman is happy in his <laughs> yeah. story. We don't want you to be depressed. Like, we care about this character so much that every time something bad happens for him, I think we'd all want to step up to bat. Uh, we felt like that roller coaster of emotions in all of his stories, and we know that he's going great places, and we want to be there with him and now we're all just happy that he's got friends in the dark like, order. I, I mean, I, I can't-
0: genuinely think they lucky crowds don't exist right now because I think right now, if they did a story where Hangman Page got beat up, the crowd would riot. <laughs> the crowd would actively jump the barricades to come save Hangman Page. You
2: remember when the audience would just feed Hangman free liquor?
0: Yep. Imagine that. You know how I'm rare like that fists. is.
1: <laughs> you ju- um, hold on, I'm to the last beers. time I saw it. In earnest, did it? Yep, yep. Hold on. Oh, I just heard some glass shatter. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> did it, did
0: it, did it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh that that's fucking Hangman he's just so pure. Yeah. There's something just like really pure about his character and like that's why
2: there's. it's not even purity it's sincerity. Yeah. Like Bushi is like a purity but there's a sincere there's an earnestness to everything that 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 Adam Page does with his character and like you just, you, you feel it.
0: Hangman's just... Yeah, it, it's a very deep Hangman place. is just baby. He's just, like, our little babe wrestle baby that we don't... He's kinda like a Pikachu. He's just adorable, and then we're like, okay, go fight. <laughs> go fight. Go fuck him up, Pikachu. <laughs> He's an alcoholic Pikachu.
1: Yeah, and the episodes where he loses are the really sad ones. <laughs> yeah. Where Ash goes to cry. Or, like, fucking imagine Hangman and... <laughs> The first Pokemon movie crying over <laughs> a Kenny Omega turned to no, stone no. earlier this year. No,
0: no, no. I was picturing two Hangman pages slapping each other and crying. <laughs> <Each> other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I love Hangman Adam Page. Um, All right, boys, we've
0: given out just about every award we can, with one exception, the wrestler of the year and i think this is the only nomination we had from last year that didn't age well and it's will osprey oh wait no no osprey's osprey got uh cleared right osprey's okay now yeah
2: yeah he's good okay i mean he still did terrible shit in the past but he owned up to it more so like he's he's getting there he's still ha- but he turned heel he really leaned into his punchable face yeah And, like, just how much of a dickhead he comes across as. So, it went fine. Okay. Good. All right, Dylan. He's going to have a great match with Okada in, like, a week.
0: Oh, that's right.
2: Uh, Yeah. Get that. Get the great Okan versus uh, fucking Tanahashi, Jeff Cobb versus Shingo. That whole stable is just. Set.
0: Yeah, it's terrifying. Alright, Dylan, uh, because you chose New Japan, that automatically put you at third, because Blake and I are idiots. What did you get? <laughs>
2: I, was gonna say, I was gonna say, so you know that company that does almost exclusively wrestling? Their person is gonna be third in wrestling. <laughs> I went with consistency. I didn't go with the flashiest, uh, the flashiest person that had the best matches. I, th- I thought about it, and I thought about consistency and quality. And so I chose Tomohiro Ishii, uh the Stone Pitbull. Yes. Because uh largely this is um motivated by his G one this year because somebody did a uh an averaging of all like the Meltzer star ratings and like all the other like ratings for matches. And uh Ishii was like well above four oh, shit. stars. For like for the for the tourney, like almost every one of his matches with the exception of I think I think he had one against uh, Yujiro that was below four but that was even that I believe that was the highest match that Yujiro had was against Ishii like he just if you need somebody to have a good match like he's just he's in his 40s now he's never going to be world champion but he just he knows he is the best he's won best like the the uh the Bruiser Brody like Brawler Award several times he he knows his style. He knows how to like do his match in the best way possible. Like if you see him having a singles match on the card, you're like, "Yeah, I can watch that. That match will be at the very least like good as a better than anybody average of being great." Yeah. Um, like in a, in a year where a lot of people had to like play down their uh, their wrestling maybe because of storylines or because of COVID. Like storylines because of okada like covid kind of took other people out of where they would have had a chance uh he's just he's just there like like a like like a stone the stone pit like pool. a stone
0: pit full yeah um yeah exactly well my wrestler of the year <laughs> uh you guys may have heard of him he's hangman of page Page, uh, which honestly,
2: how many categories did we nominate Page for?
0: Again? He got nominated in three, and I'll be honest, snubbed from another one because that tag team match should have been on there. It wasn't better. I didn't than the fun get house. to watch it. Okay, well, it, no, he got snubbed in my opinion, and I know that's partially my fault because I said a match where there were only two wrestling moves. Was too but like I said earlier. Every time he comes into the ring, it's just, what good shit's about to happen? Even when he has an opening match on the card that's literally just there for Hangman to wrestle... He still fucking kills it every single time. Like during the breakup with Kenny, when he would come out and wrestle every week and put on these classics while Kenny was on commentary. It was just this ultimate show of like, oh, yeah. He's better than you, Kenny, because he's out here wrestling and putting on good matches. uh, Obviously, like Okada, because of storyline, Kenny's not doing best bout machine shit right now. He's doing cleaner shit. But still, every time Hangman would come out, he'd just look and say, All right, let's fuck shit up for a few. Oh, I'm wrestling FTR? Let's fuck it up! Oh, I'm wrestling my best friends, the Young Bucks? Let's fuck it up! Oh, I'm going out with the Dark Order, and we're all getting drinks and screaming, Fuck Hangman? Let's fuck it up! Like, Hangman page has been phenomenal this year, and there's never been a Hangman match where I said, I could miss this. No, no doubt. no Nothing.
1: Bet. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, here we go. So, um... I've already said everything I wanted to say about Hangman because he is, as I said, wonderful. Um, but- Hold on, Blake.
0: W- when you announce this man f- as Wrestler of the Year, you have to say it right. You have to say it Say it with respect on the name.
1: And that's the, that's the problem I have because I'm going to have a difficulty emulating his voice, but I'm going to do it. The Fight Boys 2020 Wrestler of the Year is JOXLY ja- ja- yeah. FUCKING uh, Because there is only one man that took the AEW World Heavyweight title in twenty twenty, put it over his shoulders, and put AEW over his shoulders during a terrible shitty pandemic and kept the same intensity. Nothing changed for him during 2020, pre or post pandemic. He was bringing that same intensity. He was bringing that same uh level uh to his each and every match, especially when it came to the AEW title. Um he had the company, you know, on his shoulders for their transition into not having a crowd which o- across the board really, really sucked and really burnt a lot of people because we had to be safe. Um, And we needed to be. But we were so worried that this could be uh, a death knell for especially AEW, who'd only been going for a few months at that point. Um, But <laughs> they took it in such stride, and that is partially because John Moxley was such a good, solid champion. He had a lot of great feuds. We've We've already mentioned earlier, um, he had uh, a lot put on his plate, and he delivered each and every single time. And I will
0: say, the best thing about Moxley is babyface champions, uh, this has been the year for good babyface champions, because you had Moxley and you had Drew, and Drew didn't do this as much, but the problem with a babyface champion is there's usually not a lot of growth in that character because it's like they're the top of the mountain they don't have to grow anymore that's just who the fuck they are and that's kind of how jericho was too he was just kind of like the final boss that's who he was but for moxley a he added to his repertoire added the bulldog choke added a lot more of a technical style but what i liked more was near the end the fact that he as a character started to realize what it meant to be a champion that's all his promos were about was saying like i used to think all this meant was i'm the best but now i'm realizing it means that this company is on my back it's it's making me realize all of these things like you saw moxley grow from a person who just thought oh i'm the best because i have this belt i'm a badass who likes to fight to a guy who said no this title means something this title means responsibility like this title means things Beyond just that you're the best. And that was so fun to see. And it made his title reign feel more important. Because you saw him grow.
1: Yes. I I agree with that 100%. Because that also shows that he is still. He's still growing. He has not reached a point of um, stagnation. Which makes me happy. Because I feel like any time you reach stagnation in wrestling. That's when your character changes. And I'm not finished seeing John Moxley yet. Um, as a matter of fact, now that he's had a great title reign, in my opinion, um,
2: I don't feel like one one see what would he argue. does without
1: the title for a while.
2: It's the the viciousness is what made his his title reign. How he beat, how he he overcame his obstacles uh, largely by beating people at their their own game. Yeah, with the
0: power of so punching. like with
2: Brody. Yeah, with with Brody or with uh, with Chris Jericho, it was by out psychological warfaring him. Like he he took the car. He like fucked with Chris the like the way patch. that the inner circle did. Yeah, the eye patch, yeah. He got Chris. For Brody, he just out out sold him for Cage. He like worked on an arm. He like he uh, um he Worked on Taz's fear about losing an asset, and got that for MJF. He just he outfoxed him. Waited until MJF used a move and <laughs> fucked up. And was just like ah, opportunity. He became opportunistic in that match. And then in the Eddie match, he out out like fucking
0: brutalistic, brutalized mm-hmm.
2: him out brutal out brutalized the the man that like just didn't want to die. It was and I guess that's actually so one of the great. reasons
0: why the Kenny match works so well is. Kenny won by out Moxleying Moxley, like Kenny won by by being that kind of vicious beat down a guy with a fucking po- with a fucking microphone in the center of the ring thing. Like it was really because Moxley was trying to do what he was doing. He was trying to be technical. He was trying to outdo Kenny at Kenny's own game, and it resulted in the tables being flipped on him. So yeah, I, I like that a lot.
1: Um, and also, uh, one thing we didn't mention is his brief feud with Darby Allin earlier oh, this yeah. year. Um, when he was like, full, one of the best feuds I think he's had, even though it was so short, because that final match, when he said, I don't want to hurt you, but I will. And it was a different way than Roman Reigns is portraying himself. He was like, I really and truly care about you, but this is for your own good, not because I need to win.
0: That one was interesting because. It wasn't him trying to out Darby Darby. It was him looking at him and saying, I don't want to break your fucking neck with a paradigm shift. So I'm going to do everything else I can until finally Darby came back at him. And he said, if you're going to keep standing up, I'm going to have to break your neck. Fine. Paradigm shift.
2: He even said in the promo before that there will come a time where you like want to stay down, stay down. I know you won't because I wouldn't. Yeah. And that whole match, like, like revolved around it, it was oh it was so
1: good. He, he deserves. it. He deserves. it. Yeah. Please. Yeah. One hundred percent, John Moxley.
0: Now, do we have any honorable mention type awards about shit that it's just like we want to talk about? I'm trying to think, but the only one coming to mind is the fact that holy fuck, how did none of us bring up that tag match?
2: Like I said, I didn't get to see it. I only got to see parts of it.
1: And I wasn't going to pay all that money for a pay-per-view for one match. Oh, so good. That is a fair point. I don't I don't think I've got any off the top of my head. I'm sure if I thought about it. But we've already been here for an hour and a half. I'm going to so, give a uh, quick... Heel, uh, of the,
2: heel of the year is concussions.
0: Yeah. Quick, uh, quick, worst match of the year. Worst match of the year, Elias. Jeff Hardy.
1: <laughs> Jeff sorry. All right. Fuck, that was a a terrible match.
0: uh, Everyone at home, we're going to be taking a break next week so we can enjoy holidays and and whatnot. But we will see you fresh-faced and new when this godforsaken year is over. So we will see you in 2021. Until then, where can people find you on the internet?
2: I'm going to have a rant about 3 days of Japanese wrestling. So you have 2
1: weeks to prepare yourself, Scotty. He's yeah, he's going to have that in the chamber, so that's just going to be We
0: could just I that could be Dylan doing a whole review. Just record it, send it to me. We'll just release a whole episode of Dylan talking about New Japan as a review. Uh
1: who knows, who knows what might happen in these next couple of weeks as the year ends. And undoubtedly 2020 saves its worst for last. You can find me at Blake A You can find me at Blake a. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Dark Room Vidya on YouTube. And you can find me here on the BS Network doing BS Network things. Although not next yeah.
0: week. 2020's biggest secret is a secret 13th month named Blebuary that it's going to release upon us. And you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-E-O T T Y E M O And check out all my other podcasts a load of purebs.com, including a load of BS, which is surprisingly not disappearing, because me and Blake batch recorded, because it's D in December, and me and Blake made the dumbest campaign ever, where the boss baby fights Krampus.
1: I'm gonna leave now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's very late. Have a good night, Dylan. Oh, special thanks to Megaran for our theme song, Fighters. Check out Megaran, um, support Megaran, he is a friend of the show, um, and he has been very kind to us um, over, you know, the last few years. Uh, Great guy to hang out with, great music, give him a listen, check him out and support him. Because if anybody needs, like, we we need to stick together in 2020, and let's stick together... With all of our fellow content creators that are more successful than and us. As
0: always you can find us at a load of purebs.com. Step up to the merge table at purebs.com Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show John Moxley, cause when you're a fight boy, you're a
1: fight boy for life!